Hi everyone and welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast where every week I interview leading professionals, thought leaders and overall disruptive minds in the field of sustainability to hear their views on the present and the future of the world through the prism of sustainable development. Today with us we have Jenny Basenar, Vice President Sustainability at Trivium Packaging. She's an accomplished international commercial executive with more than 10 years leadership experience spanning procurement, marketing and sustainability across the B2B chemical and manufacturing industry. Trivium Packaging, a company where Jenny leads sustainability efforts now, is a global leader in infinitely recyclable metal packaging, serving the world's leading brands. It has more than 60 locations across five continents, employing uh, eight southern employees. We will be talking today about metal packaging, obviously, how the work of VP sustainability at a big company like Trivium Packaging looks like on a daily basis, the systemic collaboration of infrastructures in different industries such as packaging and recycling, Trivium's long-term climate change commitment, and many, many more. And not to keep you all waiting for too long, let's dive into the world of sustainable packaging and infinitely recyclable metals. I am ready to welcome Jenny in a second. Jenny, thanks so much for joining me at Sustainability Explored. I am beyond excited hearing from you today uh, packaging materials, uh, metal materials, circularity, and all the things that we will be discussing today. How did you get into this field? What was your main motivation and what preceded it, perhaps? So, hi, Anna. Yeah, thank you very, very much for inviting me today. I'm very happy uh, to be with you today and explain uh, sustainability through the eyes of a sustainability manager at an international company. The reason why I chose this field of expertise is actually that I think it's infinitely important that we take steps into sustainability. The future is upon us. We all know that uh, the choices that we make today will affect the lives uh, of our future generations. And if I look at the world population that by 2050, we will have to host about 10 billion people, we have to make changes now. We have to make uh, choices that change the future. And one of the things that I think is important is that we look at recyclability. So we cannot use the materials that we have today and only use them to, for, for one time. I mean, we have to keep on using them over and over again. And that is actually the reason why I chose Trivium Packaging to work for, because it's a metal company and metal recycles forever. And besides the fact that this material is super exciting and very, very sustainable, uh, I'm also very excited about Trivium Packaging as an organization. We are a new organization with new faces and a new structure and setting. I see ourselves as a very, very big international startup. We create a new ways of working together. We have a very passionate and exciting, excited team with excellent people in all their expertise areas. And we try to combine that to create new materials for our future generations. And I'm so happy to be part of that. Uh, I come from a very big family myself. I've got also four kids at home. So I think it's important that we create something that we can be proud of, that we 
uh, that in the weekends when I talk about my work that my kids say, wow, mama, you really make something that changed their lives for us and for our kids in the future as well. That's so awesome to hear, really. I couldn't agree more about recyclability and, you know, plasticity, probably, flexibility of the materials such as um, aluminum and metals in general. Uh, you said something that uh, caught my attention, what it is to be a VP sustainability in a big organization. And a lot of our listeners that are now coming and you know listening to this podcast, to this exact episode from more than 125 countries, they are either want to be sustainability professionals in the future, so the young generation, or those who are pivoting from the middle of their careers. For example, someone working in automotive industry, you know, having 15 years of experience and realizing one day that they really want to have some impact on sustainability aspects of their industries, automotive or anything else. So for those who would like to join the fields of, um, you know, packaging, for example, how would you describe your work? How, how does it look at Trivium every day? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And actually, when I look at my past as well, I actually studied industrial engineering and psychology. So I did not study sustainability because uh, when I was at the university, sustainability was just a side project. It was not yet uh, fully embedded in, in the curricula. Of course, now that changed and that's a good thing. So I'm looking forward to, to see all the new young generations coming and flourish in the, in the field of sustainability and really make sustainability a new part of science. Uh, that's what I'm very, very keen. Uh, that's what, I, what I'm keen for to see in the future as well. Now, so when I look at uh, sustainability, and I think what, one of the things that, that intrigued me, what you mentioned, like, what can I do, even if I'm an engineer, or even if I work for finance, or, or even when I work for procurement, actually, it does not really matter where you work in your organization. You can always work on sustainability you can take within your area of expertise steps to make uh, the future more bright uh, for whatever field you're working on. Now, when I look at uh, Trivium Packaging and our industry and our way of working in the organization, we set up sustainability right from the start. So Trivium itself, Trivium the name is Latin and it comes from uh, the three roads coming together. And those three roads are our customers, our planet and our people. So right from the start, when we built uh, Trivium Packaging in November 2019, we said uh, sustainability is a key aspect of our organization. I think that's really intriguing for sustainability. Sustainability in our organization is not something that we added on later to the organization that was already existing. Now we built Trivium on top of the fundamentals of sustainability. I think that is super, super important. And it also means that uh, the sustainability is in our DNA. And I am also expecting all the functions within Trivium Packaging. And like what I said before, it does not matter where you work, who you are, and where you come from, everybody can take steps towards a, a better environment. So uh, that's how I also always explain my function itself. So my role, I see my role more as being sort of the conductor in front of an orchestra. And the music has to sound beautiful 
in the end. So I have to make sure that the harps play their part. I have to make sure that uh, the drums uh, come in at the right time, uh, that the violin sets, the, sets in the strikes at the, right, at the right timing. And only then, when we really work together as, a, as one group, as one team, then we can really make beautiful music together and then we can improve the environmental impact. Now, when I look at these three areas of expertise within our sustainability strategy or our sustainability focus, so our customers, our planet and our people, we also look beyond Trivium packaging alone. So with our customers, when I look at our customer pillar, we look at possibilities to work together in the supply chain. Because sustainability is not something you can solve in your own company bubble. I can create a super sustainable uh, company, but if I'm not working together in the industry, I'll never be able to reach the full benefits of the work that we're doing and uh, creating a true sustainable uh, future. So that's why uh, under our customer pillar in our sustainability strategy, we work together with, for example, recyclers. And we've got a very nice example in Argentina that we recently launched where we're working with a local recycler uh, to collect aerosol uh, cans and remake them into new aerosol cans. And we like to work with, with the local initiatives and, and uh, local companies to really make a difference in the areas where we operate in. Yeah, and another example that I have under the customer is that we, we try to communicate uh, better around sustainability uh, because knowledge is key. Like what I said before, sustainability is sort of a new science. So we also have to start approaching it as a science. And that is why uh, actually yesterday during Earth Day, we uh, launched uh, the new what we call Buying Green Report. And in that report, we did a research among 15,000 end consumers globally on their perception of sustainable packaging. So we really want to uh, change the way we look at sustainability, not as a fluffy subject, not something that's intangible. No, we really want to make it tangible. We want to make it uh, uh, based on data, based on facts, and make sure that we communicate in the right way. And another form of communication that we have installed as an industry is that we have uh, what we call the Metal Recycles Forever logo. Uh, that is a one standardized logo that we can use on all metal packaging. And uh, that actually explains to the end consumer, look, this packaging is recyclable. It is infinitely recyclable. And it is infinitely recyclable because in the recycling process, you do not actually change the chemical composition of the metal. So it actually stays the same. So you can keep on using it over and over again. So when we look then at the, the planet chapter of our sustainability focus, because like what I said as well, it, it's important to, to look beyond your borders as an organization, but you also have to look within your borders. What do you control yourself as an organization? What can we change? So we look at all our plans. We ask them to, to collect information around uh, energy, gas, water, waste, and VOC, that's volatile organic compounds. And we try, of course, then to set up uh, projects to reduce these factors, improve recycling ourselves as well, but also create cross-learning. And I think that is something that really excites me about this role, that we have the opportunity to create cross-learning on a global scale uh, between all our plans on improvements around sustainability. 
Now, and the last factor that we have in our sustainability plans is then our people, which is of course the heart of our organization. And uh, for our people, we look at uh, elements like what can we do together with our employees to, to bring across the sustainability message in a different way. So for example, last year we set up a sustainable September and that meant that in the month of September, we did all kinds of fun sustainability activities in all the plans. We, for example, participated in uh, the World Cleanup Day. So we set up cleanup day activities in all the plans. But also we uh, made a switch from single use plastic items in our plants, wherever they were still available, towards uh, metal solutions that are infinitely recyclable. So now when you go to one of our plants, you will not find any single use plastic items anymore. And I think that's really, really fantastic. It shows that we, we are uh, engaged with the materials that we are creating. And also it shows that we, we see the, the value and, and the benefit of recycling ourselves as well in our factories. That's so exciting to hear. I, by the way, I checked your report uh, on, that you released on the Earth Day, and I wanted to compliment you and congratulate you on that, because I just recently completed a training, 16, I think it was 16 hours of uh, training as per GRI uh, reporting standard. And so mm -hmm. I discussed, we discussed a lot with guys, uh, sustainability professionals from around the world, what the report should look like, uh, what's important, what's not important, material and not material. And I, th I think the report that only takes 16 pages and reflects, like yours, reflects only the most important information in the digestible format that is easily understandable, you know, manageable and you can sit down and finish it. You can read it through in, a, in no time. This is exactly the standard of how it should, how it should be and how it should look like. That's a really, really great effort that you are doing. I noticed on the website that you have locations uh, of tritium packaging in France, Hungary, Japan, Netherlands, South Korea, Ukraine, and the United States, so seven countries of the world. And you know, you, you said something important, you go hand in hand with other industries. It doesn't matter how recyclable and sustainable the material is, the packaging material is, if it arrives in the country that simply doesn't have an infrastructure for recycling. So I wanted to ask you, how do you work with recyclers? How do you collaborate with them in countries like Ukraine, <laughs> mm -hmm. where yeah. I am from? Yeah, so uh, of course, it, it is indeed challenging. Reci the recycling world by itself, I always call it a bit of a wild west. It's different every city you go to and uh, every country you go to. There's differences between regions. There are differences in technology and uh, there are differences in availability of uh, recycling structures. And, and, and those are uh, the facts that we, have to work, uh, that we have to work with, but also that we have to work on as an industry, but also as governance and as the society. And the more we speak up as consumers about more clarity around recyclability and what do I recycle where and how do I recycle it, the more we speak up, the more 
change we will generate altogether. So I think that's that's a clear call for action. And that's also something that we have identified in this Buying Green report, is that yes, there are differences globally, uh, but also the perception on what is recyclable is sometimes not really reflecting the actual recycling rates. So for example, metal is like what I said before, infinitely recyclable. Uh, but it also has, besides that the metal, the product itself is recyclable, it also has very, very high global recycling rates. And that means that everywhere I go in the world, aluminium and steel packaging is recycled at very, very high rates. And there's actually a very simple reason for that. The fact is that uh, the aluminium and steel, first of all, are easily to be sorted out of the waste streams. So that is uh, important. Like, for example, with a magnet, you can take out the steel uh, just to, to, give a, uh, yeah. to make it a bit visual. But also, and, and this is more economically, uh, the value of the recycling streams in metal and aluminium is also interesting to take action and for people to sort it out because they can... Uh, get uh, a value for the materials that they have selected. So I think uh, these two facts really drive very high sustainability and recycling rates. And related to that, and that's a bit more complex, is actually that because those recycling streams are so well organized already over time and very well implemented on a global scale, uh, we also see that uh, the taxes that we have to pay for uh, recycling aluminium and steel are in general much lower than the, the taxes that you have to pay uh, for, for, for other packaging materials, because also the taxes that you have to pay are related to the amount of this material that's actually recycled and how much in the end as a government do you have to clean up. Metal, in most cases, you do not have to clean up because people are already collecting it. And that's so strong about metal. And that's why I am so passionate about this material. I'm, I'm sure that, that a significant amount of the materials that I put into the market are actually recycled. Uh, if, if we look at, the, at, at all the metal that's been produced uh, year to date, yeah, globally, uh, about 80% of all that material is still currently in the loop. Mm -hmm. now, and you cannot say that of any of the other packaging materials. So, and that's what I'm so proud of. That's what, what drives me day to day to make sure that we create materials that stay in the loop, that are in the loop, and that are actually really also collected for recycling and then recycled. Yeah, sounds super obvious and very logical. I also wondered why, you know, why metal packaging is not the most widespread technically and right now it's plastic what are the obstacles to using metal in all the you know to cover all the products why plastic is out there still if metal is so good is it more expensive what are the limitations because i cannot think right now about any of those so a part of it is, of course, historical. Huh? So there, there was a time where, where plastic was very 
uh, much flourishing. The new science of, of plastic is also, it's actually, it's not even that old. Huh? So it's, it's uh, 40 to 50 years uh, old science. So these materials have been developing very, very rapidly. And why have they developed so rapidly uh, against uh, materials that were already out there? And by, by the time when plastics were starting, uh, the biggest packaging materials that were out there were, were glass and uh, uh, were, were glass and aluminium and steel. So mm -hmm. the aluminium and steel has been out there for, for a longer period of time than the plastic. But plastic came in and plastic uh, has uh, some good properties, some good packaging properties, because otherwise it would not have been that wi widespread by now. Uh, the good properties of plastics are mainly in, in the weight of the material and the feasibility to adjust it to certain shapes. And I think that last point is a key driver uh, has been a key driver to move to plastics in the past. You have uh, beautiful shapes and, and uh, forms in plastic, and that is uh, easier to achieve than when you look at, uh, at other packaging materials. But I think what I see uh, these days is actually that because people are uh, starting to wake up, people understand the, the, the challenges that we also create with materials that are uh, less recyclable, and that this is uh, causing harm to the to the planet, and we see these these shows on on Netflix, uh, yeah, showcasing uh, the disaster that we create to the earth, and that's really mind-boggling. I mean, I'm I'm sometimes when I see those those movies on on, on television, I'm sometimes surprised, like, oh, how can we keep on doing yeah. doing the way we do the things today? This is impossible. We have to make changes, and. Every consumer globally out there who sees these kind of uh, shows understands that we have to make adjustments, we have to make changes. So now also what we see is more and more uh, requests again to move back to alternative materials. So we actually uh, see that uh, currently that, that metal is gaining interest again. And we have to step away from the fact that uh, glass and metal have been there for a very long time. Uh, and potentially being perceived as being out there for a very long time. So I think we have to make sure that metal is being appreciated for its values, for its values around sustainability, uh, for its values about uh, the, the primitization possibilities that we have in our materials. So uh, what I always say is that metal protects, promotes and preserves. So with our metal packaging, we really protect uh, the content of, for example, the food that we want to bring to the end consumer. Uh, what I always say is packaging in the end, we are not the product that our customers want to buy. No, they want to buy the solution. They want to buy, in the end, the package, the carrier of their goods uh, to the end consumer. And we have to make sure that that those carriers are in the best shape, in the best shape uh, for the customer, also for the consumer uh, to use, so to be user-friendly, but in the end also for our planet to make sure that we can reuse uh, the packaging over and over again in whatever shape or form. Because I think that's also something that's very important that we constantly use materials over and over again and make sure that this, this stays in the loop. Yeah. I imagine the price would be one of the constraints. Uh, I don't know if you have covered this uh, section in your Buying Green report, uh, which Boston Consulting Group helped to assemble uh, to collect the, the data from people. 
What do people generally say now to the question if they are ready to pay more for a more sustainable option? Because, you know, I would imagine something like if you have an, op an option to buy a product in plastic packaging that would cost you, you know, imagine that we one cent versus the same product in the metal packaging that will cost you imaginatory five cents. Globally, what do people say about it? Because the reason I ask, I know I would go for it, but I am I'm more aware and I'm more susceptible to, to what's going on. And this is why we are having this podcast and this is the 90s episode already but i i know that for example my parents will not they will not go for it so i i would be interested to know how globally people accept the idea of paying probably more for a more sustainable option yeah yeah thank you very much anna and and indeed uh, i would also uh, pay more for sustainable packaging myself and certainly now that uh, that I know so much about the differences of these different packaging, but I also know that not everybody out there understands the value of sustainable packaging. But when we did this research, we actually identified that more than 83% of the younger generations are willing to pay more for sustainable packaging. And I think that's really, really intriguing and uh, makes me very excited about the fact that we are on on a change we are on a path towards a change younger generations understand that we cannot only say that we have to uh, adjust or make changes but they are also willing to put down uh, the money for it to make a change they are willing to take action and really drive change uh, we see on general that 73% uh, of all the consumers globally are willing to pay more for sustainable packaging. So I think that's also interesting. So even though the younger generations are really significantly more willing to pay for sustainable packaging, also the, 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 the elderly generations are uh, getting in the same modus. They are getting, getting into the same uh, trend. So I think that is interesting, but we see younger generations are clearly interested to pay more for sustainable packaging. But we have to make sure that these younger generations then also understand what is really more sustainable packaging and not only follow uh, yeah, first impressions of sustainability. You know, and I always compare it in this way, and, and maybe it's a bit strange comparison. But I always say to to my kids as well. I said, "Look, this this yogurt that we that we bought here, strawberry yogurt. It looks very strawberry because there's a big strawberry." on top of the package and it looks very very heavily content on of, of strawberries but then when you look at how much strawberries are really in there it's sometimes one percent or something like that and that is actually what we have to change as an industry we should not drive sustainability only as a marketing tool i say it not only because i still think sustainability is an important marketing tool mm -hmm. and it is something we really have to drive but we have to drive the correct message we have to drive the real message on sustainability we have to show numbers around uh, the recyclability of the materials so for example that metal is infinitely recyclable we have to show the recycling rates 
and we have to drive that communication to the consumer so that they do not make the decisions based on hey that looks sustainable nay they have to make decisions based on what is sustainable and i truly believe that metal is the right sustainability choice certainly if you look at the sustainability footprint of a metal can over uh, different life cycles of the material we cannot only look at one time use or one time use of the of the of the metal in a can because this can that I hold in my hands now might be a bike tomorrow and the day after it might be in a plane. And maybe after that, it even goes to Mars uh, to, uh, to set up future generations for, for new planets. You know, this is how I look at this, this material. It's something we can keep on using over and over again. And, and, and that's what really drives me. And I think that's also something that we see now in the willingness to pay for the consumers. People start to understand, yes, sustainability is important. I want to make those decisions. And we as brand owners, we as, as industry have to make sure that, that these consumers understand the message correctly and make therefore the right choices. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really, really important. Probably one last question uh, before we wrap up. How innovative this industry is? Okay. It's a, it's a tricky question. I, I realize uh -huh. I feel like yeah. metal is quite stable in its properties. Is there at all anything to innovate? Or maybe the challenge that you have right now is to shift the awareness, the consumer's awareness towards, hey, choose us because we are going to mm -hmm. live longer. When I look at this, this answer, I would like to answer this question based on Trivium Packaging as, as an organization. Mm -hmm. We uh, really focus heavily on R&D, on research and development, with almost uh, 100 people uh, focusing day-to-day -day on new innovations, new products, chemistry around uh, the, uh, the metal uh, solutions that we provide. I think we, we drive uh, change. We look for, uh, of course, uh, possibilities to, uh, to lightweight, because one of the things that I think is always the most important is that we follow the waste hierarchy. Yeah? So you, you reduce, reuse, and then recycle. So we have to look for ways to reduce our uh, material consumption on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's very important. Then what can we reuse? So what are the, the, the materials that we currently have in our material stream that we can keep on using over and over again? And how can we implement them in the best way? And these are actually very technical solutions that we have to provide. And finally, of course, recycle. And with that, I'm also looking, of course, at ways to increase recycled content in our materials. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So we actually have a lot of innovation sessions, discussions with our suppliers on what, how does the, the, the metal of the future look like? I do not think that the metal that we currently have today is the same as the metal that we'll have in 10 years time, but it's neither the same as that we had 20 years ago. I mean, if I would now get a can from a museum and would do some analytics on how what was the what was the structure? What was the content of that uh, that that can? And I would compare it with a, a similar product uh, package today. It looks completely different. So we're in a constant move. But those changes are sometimes subtle, sometimes smaller, and 
every small step, and that's what I think is very important. We are not always directly looking for the holy grail. We're not looking for the for the this one solution that will change the world, will rock our boat. No, we take steps that are that are strong, that are making sure that we create a very defined baseline of sustainability in our technology and and make sure that this can be implemented on a company-wide scale so that we do not create a nice marketing tool mm-hmm. or like, like what I call lighthouse project. So like a one solution for, for a very small amount of volume. Yes, that, that might be then what we call then a, a sort of a holy grail project. Great. But uh, that's not bringing the true sustainability message across. What we want to do is make sure that we bring materials to the market that are available, that are uh, on a constant level uh, available with high quality, because we want to be the, the partner of choice for quality, sustainable packaging. So we don't want to be only this nice company to go to for a one-time solution. No, we want to create quality uh, throughout our sustainability journey. Wisdom, words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Jenny. Just to wrap up and to preserve the tradition of Sustainability Explored podcast, I always ask my guests to provide one piece of advice for the listeners. What would be yours? So for, for my, <laughs> my point of advice is be conscious. Uh, be skeptical and ask questions. Be conscious about the recyclability of the packages that you are buying. When you pick up uh, from a local store a product that's packed in a certain way, double check, double question yourself, can I really recycle this material, yes or no? And I can guarantee you that the metal can in most cases be recycled. So look for the metal uh, recycles forever logo. We'll be happy to guide you through as well. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful interview. I enjoyed talking to you a lot and I am sure our listeners will learn as well a lot from from this conversation. Thank you. Goodbye. This was episode 90, season 8 of Sustainability Explored. Thanks again for being here with us today and for listening to this episode. As always, if you like this episode, found it useful, going to implement any advice given by our guest Jenny, please let me, or better her, know via LinkedIn. We would very much appreciate your feedback and we know it will make us very, very happy. Subscribe to this podcast not to miss any new episodes. If you liked it, please leave us a review, rate, comment on the platform you're listening on. Your reviews, your stars will help other people to discover the podcast and help them educate themselves on matters of sustainability. I try to suggest some related to the topic episodes at the end to help uh, to help you guide you in the extended learning through the podcast and this time I'd like to draw your attention to the following episodes. Number one on sustainable consumption. The episode is called Earth Day Special with Professor Maury Cohen. It's one of the most recent ones on this um, show. Number two, interior design done sustainably with Marcy Garcia from MG Design. Uh, This episode is on the importance of good, natural, long-lasting materials uh, used in the interior design. 
And number three, the future of packaging, not plastic, written as K-N-O-T, plastic, with Rye Russell on plant-based packaging using hemp. Thank you once again for being with us today, for listening, and until next time. Hope you enjoy the suggested episodes, and we meet again next time, next week, next Thursday. Take care, stay sustainable. Bye-bye. Thank you.